and welcome to the Word of Life Church Podcast. We're delighted you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We believe that today's message has the power to inspire and elevate your faith journey. Before we dive in, we'd like to express our heartfelt thanks to our partners. Your generous contributions make it possible for us to continue spreading the gospel, serving our community, and carrying out our ministry. If today's episode moves you and you'd like to be a part of our mission, we'd invite you to become a partner. Your support has an everlasting impact and allows us to reach even more souls. Now, let's turn our hearts and our minds to the Word as we begin today's episode. Uh, let's open up our Bibles, if you brought them, to the book of Luke. And we're going to look at Luke 4 here. Uh, and here we see our Lord and Savior dealing with the devil. And this is important because um, most, most of the times when you see the enemy uh, trying to be at work in the people's uh, lives in Scripture, he wins. Uh, but here with the Lord Jesus, we see the Lord win. And the reason why this is detailed, like it's detailed, is to show you a blueprint of how you're going to win as well. So Luke 4, you know the story. Jesus is getting ready to step into uh, his uh, high calling, his emergence in Luke 4, 13. But before he does that, he goes into the wilderness. He is led by the Spirit there. And so let's read the text. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, Luke 4, 1 returned from the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those days. And when they had ended, he became hungry. And the devil said unto him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him and said, Man shall not live by bread alone. Uh, If you're taking notes, you can write this down next to this, and I'll make a point. Like, in your Bible, it's safe to write. Uh, You can write Deuteronomy 8.3. That's the scripture Jesus is quoting there. He's not using just any words. He's quoting scripture, and the scripture he's quoting is Deuteronomy. Now, fun fact, and this ought to make you want to read Deuteronomy more, is every time Jesus answers the devil, he quotes from Deuteronomy. Uh, So man shall not live by bread alone. That's Deuteronomy 8 and 3, chapter 8, verse 3. And he led him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. So it was a a vision um, that Satan shows him. And the devil said unto them, I will give you all of this domain and the glory, for it has been handed over to me. Now, this is important to understand, and I think we've already covered this, but just in case you didn't get it, This scripture um, shows you this. Notice, I will give you all this domain, talking about the domain of the world, and its glory, it has been handed over to me. So when you see power in the earth, influence, and we know, we said this last week, we have in our generation now all of these influencers and, and that type of thing. Um, And it's there to build mental mapping and ideology into your heart as to what to buy, where to shop, all of those types of things. The power that is from the world is there because Satan has influenced it. 
And if you don't understand that most of the stuff coming from the world is not just coming from the people, but coming from the father of the people, you are missing uh, light. Remember, and we, we quoted from this, or I'll quote from it tonight, but we read it the last two times we talked about this. Jesus talking to the Pharisees said, you were of your father, the devil, and the desires that you have in him actually came from him. And if you'd ask them, like, you're, do you think you're influenced by the devil? They would be like, no, because he disguises himself. What's interesting to me now is he's not even trying to disguise himself anymore. He's like, I'm going to show you exactly where I'm at. And in music artists and in all these types of things, it's like, I'm right here. Here I am. Let me entertain you. Let me influence you. I'm right here. And the world is so blinded, they still don't see him. And so out of this, Satan takes Jesus up and he shows them all the kingdoms of the world and the glory thereof. If you read the book of Daniel, you see that um, Daniel is praying, and as he's praying, he's not getting an answer. And then the angel of the Lord shows up and says, I, I am here because you prayed, but the reason why I couldn't get here is I was fighting over the city. There was a, a demonic force over the city that was exercising control over this kingdom that hindered me from getting to you. So like literally a whole place being influenced by a power that was not of this world. And Jesus here, in his temptation, Satan is like, the, the world, it's been handed over to me. Well, how is it handed over? When Adam and Eve, same way when we hand over our world to him, yielded to his temptation. And he comes in and he influences uh, people with lies, thoughts, ideas, and suggestions to form ideology in the world. This is the way to live. This is what family looks like. This is uh, what government should look like. This is what, uh, you, how you should handle money, how you should treat your parents. All of these ideologies and ways of thinking come from the enemy, and it comes from these powers he has set up in the world. He influences these people, and then they influence us. And we accept their ideology because of the power that he has placed on their life to influence and out of that, it's not even them that's influencing us. It's their father who is remaining unseen. And so out of this, Satan is showing him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. He said that they were given unto me and I'll give them back to you if you will fall down on your knees and worship me. And then watch what Jesus does here. Uh, for it has been handed over to me and I will give it. Now watch this. He's like, I can give power to whomever I wish. If I want you to have power, I can give you influence. If I want you to have power, I'll, this, is the, this is the enemy talking. This is Satan talking. I will give it to whomever I want. Well, why would he give it to people? So that they will influence people for him. And so out of this, he's telling Jesus, this is what I'll do for your life. I, I say this all the time, but when it comes to a lot of these things we watch and listen to, if you knew what you were fellowshipping with, you would stop. Because it's not just entertaining you, it is building an ideology in you and placing a spirit around you. And we're not just opening up our, our homes to entertainment. Um, any time you want your like, dog or something like that to like, take the medicine, you'll wrap it in something that is appetizing to the dog. And you sneak it in. Satan's the same way. If you think you see him, you don't. He disguises himself as something good. He disguises himself as an angel of light. 
And he works, the number one description of the devil is subtle. He works through these things to build thoughts, ideas, and suggestions into your heart. And so out of this, just, I I don't want to re-preach the last two messages, but where did your thinking come from? You remember one of the first questions God asked Adam? Who told you that? Where did your thinking about you fill in the blank come from? Where did your thinking about church come from? Where did your thinking about how to treat a parent come from? Where did your thinking about how to correct a child come from? Where did these thoughts come from? And and out of that, uh, surrendering and subjecting our lives to the lordship and ideology of Jesus and his word is the name of the game. But notice Satan comes and he's trying to tempt the Lord Jesus with the easy way out and saying, like, you don't have to go through all this cross thing. Just bow down to me and I'll give you the whole influence of the world. They'll all be liking you and they won't even know why. Because I can give influence to whomever I want. Have you ever looked at that? And it's like, why do people even like them? And I don't mean like, like, like them in terms of like they're a nice person. Like to be influenced by them. Because he can give power, Satan can give power to whomever he wants. And he gives power to whom he wants so that he can influence the way people live life. This is the way he works. So he's telling Jesus this, and Jesus says the following, "Um, Therefore, if you worship before me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him and said, It is written, You shall worship the Lord God only, And him shall you serve only. That's Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 13. Deuteronomy 6 and verse 13. You will worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then he led him to Jerusalem, and he had him stand in the pinnacle of the temple. And he said unto him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and he will guard you. Now this is very interesting. Is here, Satan is actually quoting Psalms 91, uh, 91 verses 11 through 12. So he's like, okay, he's coming back at me with scripture. Let me throw some scripture at him out of context and build a wrong ideology even from scripture because I'm not going to interpret it well and take it out of context and, and move him over into a place of disobeying God from scripture taken out of context. And so watch what Jesus says. Um, and he will bear thee up, he's still quoting Psalms 91, the enemy is, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said unto him, it is said, you will not put the Lord your God to the test. And that's Deuteronomy 6 and verse 16. When the devil had finished every temptation, he left him until a more opportune time. Um, Now, there's a lot I want to show you from this, and and honestly, I already talked more than I should. I'm fulfilling my wife's prophecy. Uh, When I say I'm going to go short, I actually go longer than ever. Uh, So I'll I'll, I'll shorten this and get to the the good parts. And uh, hopefully it's all been good so far. Uh, But out of that, the high points are the highlighted things in my notes. I want you to see a couple of things here about how Satan tempts, because the reason why this is recorded is to show you what he's doing in your life. Number one, he looks for the right time to tempt you. Uh, Notice in verse 13, when the devil had finished every temptation, he left him until a more opportune time. He's looking for the right time to tempt you. It's not like every moment of your life you're being tempted. Uh, You may feel that way. That's when we're going to talk about the flesh and the world. 
but he's waiting for a moment of time to bring stronger temptation into your life. And when is that moment? Well, the Bible's going to show us here in Luke 4 and verse number 2. For 40 days being tempted of the devil, and when he ate nothing during those days, and when they had ended, he became hungry. And when he became hungry, then the devil said unto him. So why is he waiting until this point? He's waiting for Jesus to touch his flesh. And when Jesus touches his flesh, he gives him tailor-made temptations. So it's not just any old temptations. Jesus is, is feeling his flesh. His flesh is weakened from his fast. He is feeling very hungry. Here comes temptation. Now, let me just stop right here. You have probably noticed this in your life, that there are certain times when you were at your worst. Um, and you feel temptation the most to do things that violate your inner conscience. Um, it could be late at night. Um, it could be when you're disappointed. It could be when you're stressed. It could be when um, you've been rejected or you've gotten over into an emotional state of some kind. When you touch your flesh, meaning you feel the weakness of it and the pull of it, Satan is coming to reinforce the flesh so it's two against one. That it's your flesh and him against your conscience and, and the Holy Spirit of God. And, and out of this, they come in these moments to pull you away with tailor-made temptations. So he waits for an opportune time, and then he doesn't tempt you with any old thing. He gives you tailor-made temptations. Like, in my life, it's amazing to me the things I'm not tempted by. Um, that other people find so tempting in their life. And, and, you know, that kind of thing as a pastor, I talk with people all the time who, like, are wrestling with things, and they're all different. And for some, it could be alcohol. I don't even think about it. Like, it doesn't even cross my mind. It's not a temptation at all. I could walk down the aisle, uh, or like back there, where they're, you know, in the room. There's so much alcohol back there. Uh, like, a lot of alcohol. It's not our alcohol. It's for everybody else, apparently. Like, literally, it's in cage. All this alcohol alcohol. Never once have I thought about taking it. Never once have I thought about drinking it. It's, it's not a thing for me. Theft also, not a temptation. I, I, I don't think about stealing. Uh, you know, there's macaroons back there too. I, I have thought, actually, I have thought about it. I'm like, I wonder if they would miss one. I'd like out of that. I'm like, I'll, I'll put money on the counter. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. So, but it, it's amazing the different temptations we all have in life. Now, here's the thing I want you to think about. Seriously, I want you to think about this. In your moments when you are touching your flesh, what does he come for? Because that thing, if left unchanged, will bring stealing, killing, and destroying. And I'm telling you, it's not near as obvious as you think it is. It, he's subtle. Um, I'll give you this example. You've heard me mention this before. Um, my father passed away at 44. Uh, he died of a heart attack. For literally a decade plus in his life, I heard him come to our family many times and repent and say, and this is the key, because this is not about anything cosmetic, he would say, the Lord is dealing with my heart to make changes with my diet. 
Now, out of that, in that specific area of his life, temptation came in like a flood all the time. And I don't mean to be harsh, but listen to me. It killed him. When the flesh is being tempted with tailor-made temptations, it is your greatest area of pride. And somebody says, what do you mean by that? Your mind will tell you, I can handle this. And anytime you begin thinking, you can, you can handle something that you know is violating your heart, that is the most dangerous thing in your life. Number of years ago, um, and this is this is kind of. Let me just. This is this is out of order, but it's okay. Uh, a number of years ago, um, I brought in a guest speaker. His name was Terry Law, and a wonderful missionary of the gospel of Jesus Christ had gone all over the world, and he gets up that Wednesday night, and it was when we still had Wednesday night church. And this is one of the reasons I like Sunday night church, because it reminds me of like Wednesday night church. Um, and so like, I, I, I love it. I, I'm, I'm a church going kid. I, I just enjoy it. Um, but out of this, he came on this Wednesday night and he got up and the Lord changed his message. And he started teaching about forgiveness and the danger of walking in unforgiveness. And I kid you not when I say, the examples that he used were so perfect for the person sitting next to me. And I I say that joking, but also very serious, because I know whenever we're in a service, it's very easy to think about, so-and-so needs to hear this. <laughs> and oftentimes, whenever you're thinking about so-and-so, who actually do you need to be thinking about? Yeah. Yes, you've got it right, yourself. But in this moment, I genuinely knew the Lord is speaking to them. Because it was coming as correction. And it was, it was coming as, if you don't fix this, it will pave the way for spiritual oppression to oppress your life for decades. And I know with every fiber of my being, every fiber of my being, it was for a lot of people, But it was for the person I was sitting next to. And at the end of that service, like I'm crying, it's so powerful what he shared. At the end of the service, I talked to that person. And everything they said, they had an excuse as to why they didn't have to do anything with that word. When this happens, it becomes the most dangerous thing in your life, and it invites spiritual oppression. When I say spiritual oppression, a lot of people think like possession. No, you've met very few people who are possessed by the enemy. You've met a lot of people who are oppressed by him. 
And this is not like people who are filled with him. It's people who he is on. And it is darkening their understanding. It is putting them into bondage. And it is, it is the epitome of everything that is heavy and wrong. I'll give you an example. Taylor made temptations. You remember Saul in the Old Testament? Anybody remember Saul in the Old Testament? Five of you. Awesome. I need to teach on Saul. Remind me, Pastor Hillary, teach on Saul more. Saul was this guy in the Old Testament who was the first king in all of Israel. Israel said, we want a king. God's like, I'm your king. They're like, we don't care. We want one anyway. He gave him Saul. That's Saul. Uh, So Saul uh, has an issue in his life. And it is, does anyone know what it is? He won't listen to God, yes. But we see it first manifest when he's talking to Samuel. Jealousy, yeah, that's one of the issues. The chief one, though, we see it manifest when he first comes on the scene, talking to Samuel. You know what it is? Insecurity. When he, when he, when he is talking to Samuel, Samuel's like, you're going to be the king. And you know what he says? No, I'm not. My family is the least family of the least tribe in all of Israel. And I'm the least member of my family. When Samuel gets ready to anoint him, where is Saul? He's hiding among the baggage. Why? Because in his heart, he is insecure. He's like the biggest man in all of Israel, but the smallest all at the same time. And in one sense, this is a strength. Because to not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, that's a strength. But your greatest weakness is your greatest strength. Taken out of context. And it moved from humility of heart into an insecurity of heart. And Satan had a filled day with this insecurity. And when does he do it? He waits until he touches it. And when he touches his insecurity, immediately Satan comes in with an evil spirit to make him receive that and not pay attention to the word of the Lord. So you know the story. Giants in the field. Saul don't want to go fight him. Why? Insecure. So David comes up, puts on Saul's armor. He can't fit it. What is David, though? Incredibly secure. He's like, I don't need this armor, slingshot, stone, dead giant. Like, we got this. He's blaspheming God. I'm not going with him with just this. I'm going in the name of the Lord. It's game over. And he steps up with all of this confidence, kills the giant, and immediately Saul's like, you're going to go fight all the battles, which sounded like a great idea until he does. And he is slaying all of these enemies. They had, you know, you have a victory. What do you do? Throw a parade. They throw the parade. As they're in the parade, the ladies start singing. And you know what the ladies start to sing? Saul, can you imagine like the, the, you know, this resounding in the heart of an insecure man? Saul has slain his thousands. David has slain his tens of thousands. And Saul is like, wait, what? And the song keeps going. Saul has slain his thousands. And David has slain his tens of thousands. And here comes the enemy. Listen to me. When you touch your flesh, whether it's insecurity, jealousy, whether it's fear, 
When you touch your flesh, hunger, whatever it may be, here comes the enemy. You want to know where he's at? He's there. And he comes in with a lie that Saul begins to think, and he thinks so much on the lie until the lie becomes his truth. I'm going to say it again. Satan comes, he's the father of lies. He comes with a lie that Saul thinks on enough until that thought becomes his truth. And it's rooted all in a lie. And the lie that Satan tells him is they're going to give him the kingdom. They are going to give him the kingdom. They just prescribed to him tens of thousands. They only prescribed to you thousands. He's in front of everybody all the time, and you put him there. What were you thinking? They are going to give him the kingdom. And this turned into, you got to kill him. Now, what's the truth? David loves Saul. He would never take the kingdom from Saul. Multiple times he could have taken the kingdom. Chose not to. He loves Saul. He loves his son, Jonathan. He's married to his daughter. Like, none of it makes sense. But it did in his head. Why? Because you read the story. As soon as he began thinking that thought that the enemy gave him, an evil spirit began to oppress his life. And there would be moments of clarity where Saul saw the truth, but he rejected the word of the Lord each and every time. And this darkness overtook him so strongly until it ended his life, ended his family, and brought chaos into the kingdom. How did it start? He touches his his flesh, and as soon as he touches his flesh, there comes the enemy. And in all of our lives, listen to me, in all of our lives... There is that area that Satan is coming for. For my father, it was food. For Samson, his whole life he knew, do not be around the women who are like the ones you're being around, Samson. Like literally, his father told him, do not go to the Philistines over there. They will corrupt your... Literally, Solomon, same thing. Solomon, don't take wives from other nations. They will turn your heart. What... Where does he go? He goes to the very thing God told him not to go to. Because when you touch your flesh, the enemy, whether it's with any of these things, lust uh, or fear or insecurity or jealousy or whatever it is, whatever you have demonstrated weakness in is the thing he is going to come for over and over again. Why? Because long disobedience in the same direction equals destruction every time. And God gives space to repent. He is slow to anger. He is merciful and he is good. But long disobedience in the same direction reaps destruction every time. And if you doubt it, ask Judas. If you doubt it, ask Saul. If you doubt it, ask Absalom. If you doubt it, ask Esau. Long disobedience in the same direction equals destruction every time. And what Satan wants is he wants you to, to, Mark 4, he wants you to hear all of the words of the Lord and then never accept them as truth in your life. Um, Go over to Mark 4. Hold your place here in, in Luke. And go over to Mark 4. And I'll close with this. Is this making sense? Yes. 
Mark 4 and verse number 13. Jesus said, Do you not understand this parable? How will you not understand all the parable? The sower sows the word. So question, the most important thing in my life, Jesus said, if you don't understand this, nothing else matters. The most important thing in my life to establish my heart is the word. What God is trying to give me is his word, his ideology, his way of thinking. And somebody says about what? Everything. That the word of God forms my thinking about literally everything. About how to treat an enemy, about how to handle money, about how to forgive. The word of God becomes my go-to on how I live my life. It forms my ideology. Um, And so out of this, the sower sows the word. These are the ones who are beside the road when the word is sown. When they hear it, immediately who comes? Satan. We're talking about dealing with the devil. As soon as you hear the word, he is coming for it. Because the most dangerous thing to the enemy in your life is a different way of thinking. He wants you to believe his lies and not see God's truth. He doesn't want you to see David as not a threat. He wants you to see David as somebody you need to kill, snuff out, and take out. And so as soon as you hear God speak to your heart, like Saul is literally sitting there with a moment of clarity, with like David, like, I just cut off a little smidge of your garment and my heart smote me, man. If I wanted to kill you, I would have already killed you. And Saul's like weeping. He's like, I see now why God's going to give you the kingdom. Like all of these types of things. Literally one chapter later, he's out there trying to kill David all over again. Why? Because the sower sows the word, and as soon as God is speaking, Satan is coming. And, and I have seen this happen in services where, like, the exact thing I'm talking about is what people need to be hearing, and a baby cries. Or someone gets up and walks, and their attention. Because the enemy will do everything he can to get you to have an ideology about life that comes from anywhere but the word of God. As soon as he sows the word, Satan comes to take it away, uh, the word which has been sown. In a similar way, these are the ones who on whom seed was sown on rocky places. They hear the word. They're like, yes, I will adopt that in my life. They immediately receive it with joy, but they have no firm root in themselves, but only temporary. And then when affliction or persecution arises, why? It's all for the word. Immediately they fall away. And the others are the ones on whom the seed was sown among thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word, but the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires of other things enter in and choke the word and becomes unfruitful. And those are the ones on whom the seed was sown on good soil. They hear the word, watch this, and some translations say receive it. Mine says accept it. They bear fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. Now, notice, he said, the the goal of this whole thing is that you're not just receiving God's word as your ideology, but you begin seeing the fruit of it. So now you're seeing things happen in your family life and, and all these types of things that are good and wonderful. And it's like, where did that come from? Well, that's 30, 60, and 100 fold of the word of God in my life. That in this area is producing 30, need more attention there. This area is producing 60. This area, it's all in. Well, where did that come from? All these good things come from. It came from the word. God's ideology formed my way of thinking about this. And he said the only way that happens is when God sows the word that you accept it as truth in your life. That you accept it as a word you need to hear. 
Now, when Jesus is whooping Satan, what is in his mind and mouth? The word of God. It is forming his... Why, why is he not doing what Satan is asking him to do? Because when you know the truth, you discern the lie. And he is so aware of God's truth that when Satan is speaking his lies, he is able to see the lie because he knows the truth. And not only is God's word in his mind, but it is also in his mouth that when Satan comes with these thoughts, ideas, and suggestions, the word is not just the shield of faith, but it is the sword of the spirit, which is the spoken word of God. And he beats that thought with a message. He speaks that word over his life and towards those thoughts. And what I want you to do in your life is I want you to really examine the time and attention you're giving. How can I put this? Entertainment slash ideology from the world compared to the word of God. Because it's not just, and we'll talk about this when it comes from the the world, it's not just a show, and it's not just a book, it's it's not just uh, a song, it's a way of thinking. And this is not just a book, this is an ideology. It is a way of thinking. And when this is in your heart, mind, and mouth, it equals going from the wilderness to the garden. From the wilderness to walking in the power of the Lord. From the wilderness to producing fruit, 30, 60, and 100 fold. But when this is removed from my life, and I believe Satan's lies of, has God really said that? That's the first thing out of Satan's mouth. Did God really, he's trying to change the ideology. When I allow the world to educate me on how to live life, and the enemy has saturated the world, when I allow that in my life, I am taking the garden and I am making it a wilderness. And when when Eve hears his lie and believes it as her truth, the garden of Eden dies and the wilderness comes alive. Jesus is redeeming their mistake by having be in the wilderness, led by the Spirit into the wilderness. But instead of rejecting God's word and believing his lie, Satan's lie, he rejects Satan's lie, establishes his life on God's word, and turns the wilderness into the garden all over again. And the power of the Lord is displayed on the earth. And what I want to do in my life is to come back to the simplicity of the word of God over everything. And I'm not talking about not having fun or watching a show or music, that kind of thing. I'll let each one of us discern what we need to do there. But what I am saying is, do you know enough of this so that when you are watching the show, listening to the music or the movie, you can discern the lie from the truth? 
And when this is in me more, I will be able to discern better what I need to allow around me and what I don't. And what I need to say no to and what I don't. What I need to accept as truth and what I don't. And I resist the lie because I know the truth. Now, in every arena of life, this is uh, important. But for some of us, maybe there has been long disobedience in the same direction with a temptation that has been yielded to over and 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 over again. And it is at that place where if it's not said no to, invites oppression, stealing, killing, and destroying. In every arena of life, you need scripture supporting that. But if you have demonstrated weakness in an area, let me tell you why. Your flesh is touching temptation. And if that area of your, listen to me, if that area of your flesh is not backed up with the word of God, you will keep losing. But if you will pinpoint that area of your life with God's word and and just surrender yourself to that, that, that you, you are strong in this area and reinforced with God's word in that area. When that temptation comes, when your flesh acts up, that temptation comes for that moment of the flesh. Immediately out of your, out of your mouth is the word of God because that is what has been on your mind. You resist the devil, what will he do? He will flee from you. And you will not yield to him You will resist him and he will flee. So in those areas of your life, reinforce that. In my life, I sense, and once again, I know, I I told you. I told you this would happen at the very beginning of the service. So it's your fault for not believing me. Uh, I'm kidding. But in, in my life, I noticed the same temptation come up with food. And I was losing that battle over and over and over again. And I surrounded myself with the promises of God. Their man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I put my body under. I bring it in subjection. Uh, that out of this, food is for the body, and the body is for the food, but I will not be brought into mastery by it. I will say no where Eve said yes. Her first temptation was food. Jesus' first temptation was food. Esau lost his birthright because of food. I will not. I surrounded my thought life with those things until I began to see a change in that area so that when that temptation hit my life, I knew I had something to go back towards. I don't know your tailor-made temptation, but what I do know is whatever it is, Satan is trying to use it to take you out, to limit your influence and your effectiveness, and whether it is insecurity or fear or food or alcohol or whatever it may be, That is the area you need to reinforce with God's word. Amen? Amen. Worship team, you can come back up. And let's close out in worship today. Father, we love you so much. And Lord, we thank you in the name of Jesus. That your spirit overtakes all the enemy's lies. And Father, we just thank you in our own hearts and in our own lives. We are open and yielded to your Holy Spirit. 
And we just thank you, Father, that by the Spirit, you have your perfect way in our lives. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's worship the Lord tonight.